Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and uh, there's a good reason you opened this particular podcast. You know, there is, but the chances you're not entirely comfortable admitting to yourself what it is. So we talk about inspired thinking and we talk about aligning that inspired thinking with our work and with our relationship and bringing home the spirit of the mountains. I think uh, there's always going to be some degree of conflict, a disturbing thought that is destabilising to our identity. Sometimes we prefer to remain peacefully asleep at the wheel of our life, but things come up and eventually we have to face the music. So perhaps you want to become fully inspired in your life and maybe the conflict between that and what other people think you should be and shouldn't be and the you know escaping the daily grind and the concept of taking a risk to step outside what you know as the comfortable zone is haunting you a little bit. Maybe you're just tired of finding yourself the victim of other people's games and being tossed around by power plays at work that you don't realise are happening until it's too late. But whatever your situation, there's a lot of knowledge and there's a lot of psychology and insults and insights hanging around the world for you to sort through to sort out your questions what is inspiration and do I really want it there are five universal laws and there are thousands of laws that come from those laws and there are thousands of aspects of life so to embrace this might feel like you have to have a a radical overhaul of everything that's going on It can seem from time to time overwhelming, impractical or just impossible to put those laws into practice. And so you you take the coaching, you take the inner wealth work you've done, you you put it back on the shelf and you go, uh, I wonder if there's an easy way. And I respect that because I probably did that myself. You have to choose the right time and space and you have to be able to use the laws well so when we talk about the sharpened sword you know it's great to sharpen your sword but you have to be mature and wise enough to know when to use it absence um, from reality uh, is one way people try to deal with the challenges of life They try to step back away from them. And that's about as useful as a chocolate teapot. More, um, I would say, if you try to practice one of the laws of nature independent to all the others, like balance or gratitude or even vision setting, independent to all the rest... That's like climbing out on a limb of a tree and wondering what the cracking sound is going to be. There's also an amazing contradiction 
between each of the laws of nature. Um, although they work hand in hand, taken independently, they contradict each other. For example, the law of the one and the many, which is the fifth law, which is the law of hierarchy, as I call it. And then again, the law of vibration. It can seem that having a <clears throat> fixed vision and a clear purpose is about all it takes to obey the fifth law. But the fourth law says it's all about thought process that go hand in hand with the vision and inspiration. And it doesn't matter whether you've got a good vision or a purpose. If your thought process is clumsy, you're going to end up um, in trouble <clears throat> because the law of vibration talks about power of attraction um, and the law of attraction and what have you. So it's about how to use all the laws at once. When I've distilled this knowledge of the universal laws, I don't mean to imply by the distillation of them that they are dumbed down. They are actually incredibly sophisticated. They've been the genius of people like Socrates and Pythagoras and Plato. They've been the study of many a great person, many of them who were burned at the stake or uh, crucified in the times of early religion because it seemed like they were trying to argue against the concept of a dictatorial and a all-powerful God. Um, and so you can understand that there's, there does come some innate conflict between the memes and the belief systems we have and the values that we have. Um, and when our values are searching for fulfillment and soul and all the things that are real and our beliefs have been constructed out of the things we've learnt and experienced and been told, quite often there's an argument between these two and we seek a lot of people to reinforce those beliefs so that the beliefs stand tall against the values and the values then stand tall against nature. And I think it, this, this, this dichotomy is getting worse and worse as we get more and more separate from nature. So the search for the soul, the search for truth is becoming more and more important for leadership, especially in the world. So I would like to uh, talk firstly about the underlying principles hidden within the laws of nature. These laws will have an immediate and visible impact on your life and your interactions with other people especially if you can use them wisely and use them in everyday life. Just remembering that the person who is inspired at work is living consciously at work and that same person comes home, changes their clothes, but who they are beneath those clothes is exactly the same person, inspired at work and living consciously. Full stop. Now, this for example, is in complete contrast to the person who is masking. Masking means they go to work and they pretend that they are one person and they come home and change their clothes and they become somebody else. And therefore they're not 
really living in a state of consciousness, they're living in a state of polarity, trying to be uh, demonstrating effective performance at work and then come home and try to demonstrate love at home. And this person is in what, they, what would be called a, a battle within, them, within themselves. So although we're going to advocate the ability to morph and be any character you want to be in the world, as Shakespeare called it, we're also saying that beneath all those characters there is unity, there is some sense of self. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the law of um, interconnectedness, the, the third law of nature first. Now, when we meet people, we want to impress them. Sometimes we want to excite their interest and get their favour, or we want to project an image, perhaps to... In, intimidate them or impose our will on people but how do we cultivate these impressions quickly and effectively the most important thing here is the ability to hint and allude to things rather than be crude and direct we must embody a sense of mystery causing people to want to know more about us and be we must be wary trying to over sell. The less you say, the more people will fill in the blanks. But, and this count can be counterintuitive to some people, they'll almost always do to your advantage. In other words, if you don't tell somebody everything, they will think more positively about you than if you tell everything. Just tell a person too much, and they start to think the opposite. You have to be selective in what you say. If you only reveal negative or uninteresting details about yourself, people automatically fill in more of the same. But if you merely hint at exciting projects, great achievement and expertise, they'll assume you're being modest and the real story is ten times more impressive. You don't need to ten times everything for them. Let the audience do it for you. And the audience can be an audience of one. Now, you can see this happen a lot on TV. It's the art of the gentle smile when someone says, wow, that sounds really cool, or wow, you must be really doing well for yourself. That gentle smile, which you'll see on every great actor in the world, can mean whatever they want it to mean. So we can say talk is cheap, but the imagination is priceless. The third law of nature, nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. Here's how you can use that law, standing in itself. The dangers of saying too much cannot be exaggerated. Oversharing is both burdensome to other people and it makes you look and appear like a more ordinary and unimpressive person. A simple phrase or incisive comment is infinitely more powerful in getting both attention and being treated with respect. Filling the silence with verbiage only makes you appear insecure, vacuous, and so practice holding both your nerve and your tongue. There's a great quote, and it goes, Those who know do not speak, and those who speak do not know. 
that's from Lao Tzu. So I'm going to leave it there. I think that's enough for this podcast. And we'll continue in the next one. Bye for now.